0: welcome in everybody this is the falcons podcast on a wet monday morning here in atlanta i am scott kennedy i'm one of your hosts i am in atlanta this guy over here is nick kendall as he is in seattle so we are coast to coast several different time zones on your football coverage today and we've got a a jam-packed 30 minutes for you today so but first nick how are you doing
1: i'm doing pretty well my voice is a little bit gone because i was uh attending the Elite eight, or yeah, the sweet 16 and elite eight this weekend. So, Iowa's women were in Seattle, and uh, tickets were not too expensive. So, we went and we saw Caitlin Clark, and the hype is real, man. She scored the first triple double with the, the player scoring at least 30 points, uh, in tournament history. I don't think it's ever been done in the men or the women's tournament. She scored 40 points, so uh, it was <laughs> pretty incredible. Iowa going to the uh, final
0: four what a journey! Well, good for you. I'm glad you had a good time. We uh, we spent a lot of time on the road. Birmingham for a soccer game Saturday morning, Nashville for a soccer game Sunday morning, and then came home. So that's a, about a 700-mile triangle, and uh, and we're back. But it was a couple of wins, good times, and get to come back and talk some football with some folks. Some of the things, the three main topics I want to try to get into, I put in the title, but you know, just, just in case, uh, ESPN analytics analyst Seth Walder just ripped the Falcons on Twitter last week. I want to get into that a little bit. And I want to talk about the DraftKings over under on Falcons wins. And I want to finish with a quick mock draft for the Atlanta Falcons. So let's get into it. The chat is hopping already this morning. They are ready to go. And I'm going to kick us off right here with Michael Ranquillo. Michael the icebreaker Ranquillo. Iceman right here coming in hot. Hot pink. Fuchsia. $50 super chat. Helping to support the show. Keeping the lights on. Keeping my forehead nice and shiny. Michael, we love you, brother. Thank you so much for everything you do for our show—not just here over on Mile High Huddle on social media. You're 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 awesome, and uh, we love you for the support that you give us and and the the contributions you make to the show. Uh, Big Al says good morning. He says good morning, and we say good morning back. Good morning, Big Al. Zach Powers is also in on on YouTube. Uh, Joe Cannon has come in on Facebook. Great morning, Scott and Nick. To you as well, my friend. Uh, Jay Anderson says, good morning. Jay, I feel like this is a newer name for me for some reason. So uh, if, if I don't recognize it, I apologize, but I'll try not to forget it next time. So welcome in and welcome to the show. Uh, Victor's not a new name. Victor's an old hand here. Victor coming in on YouTube. Good morning. Good morning. D Law as well. Good to see you again, my friend. He says, good morning, everyone. RC Plane Builder and, uh, and Jason Heller is coming and says, good morning, guys. I've seen some mocks. With Falcons taking a cornerback. Don't you think they need to take a defensive end/slash edge as first round pick, regardless? I'll hit on that real quick and then we'll get into the uh get into our topic since Jason came in with the question. Real quick though, uh,
1: Michael, fifty go dollars.
0: God bless you. I didn't even have a chance to c- comment on that, but good morning, Scott
1: and Nick on the Falcons podcast. My guy coming in hot uh, that raspberry pink red on a Monday morning. God bless you. I can't even yeah, I was, thank you enough.
0: I was going to throw it back to Nick, but I saw, the, I saw the Lion Coffee going right up too. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll move on. I don't want I don't him to choke on his coffee. But yeah, uh, just a reminder on YouTube it, for Super Chats and then Facebook, both pages that you're watching on Facebook are set up to take stars. Also, the best way to help support the show. Um, if you are willing and able and appreciate the effort and, and think that's something you want to do, it certainly helps us as well. Um, going back to Jason real quick. Um, the, the, where you get in trouble on this, Jason, um, my first priority needs, and you can argue about this all you want because the Falcons still have needs everywhere. I could take, I could take a good NFL player and basically start him anywhere but maybe tackle. I think tackle's pretty well sewn up, but I could use a guard. I could use a center. I could use another running back. I could use another receiver. I could use another linebacker. I could use another two defense, you, you know, you get the point. Um, the 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 word that gets you in trouble here is regardless that's where you get in trouble is for me the number one priority on this team would be edge slash defensive end it would be my number one i think corner is a close second i think what you're running into jason is people think there will be better corners available at eight than there will be edge defenders so in that case the regardless is where i would strike that out where you get in trouble is when you reach yes, mm-hmm. I think edge is the number one need. No, you don't reach for a player to try and fill that need in the top 10 because, and miss on a better player that could be a a, uh, a linchpin for your team for the next decade. So you hear these guys say best available player all the time. And I it, it, I hate that phrase because I can promise you someone down the line is going to be best available player, that is going to be a better player. It's just mathematics the, and, uh, and, and odds. But you want to go with the best prospect available, the, the best guy that you think that you have on your board, especially if it's still in a position of need, like cornerback, because you don't want to miss. Jamal Anderson is one of my top five biggest Falcons busts. He was drafted right around there, 8 to 14, I think, as a first-round pick. was awful. I'd much rather, make sure you get the right guy, even if it's not at your biggest need position. Nick, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, just how the draft this board is setting up, it seems like Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson will be gone before pick eight. And those seem to be the two edge rushers that are top of the list, top of the line. After that, uh, you can make an argument for Miles Murphy, who seems to have fallen a bit uh, here. He was up there, but now he seemed to have fallen off a little bit. And also uh, Lucas Van Ness uh, from Iowa. So he, you can, again, if those guys are your top player on the board, that's fine. But the Falcons are picking eight overall. And you have a chance to add some really good talent. So the player right now that's been mocked to them a heck of a lot is, uh, and I see comments on him in the chat here, Carl, or, uh, yeah, Christian Gonzalez Christian. Uh, from uh, Oregon, transferred from Colorado, Oregon, six foot two long, plays on the ball, tested extremely well, has great tape. Uh, so <clears throat> really, I mean, yes, if it was a side-by-side and you had the players of the exact same grade, then you'd probably do lean the edge rusher, not just because the need, but also more valuable, in my opinion. Uh, but... I don't know if that's going to be the case for the Falcons. If they have a cornerback graded higher, take the cornerback. It's still an yeah. extremely highly valuable position. You're going to have to pay uh, to AJ Terrell here pretty soon. So you're going to keep the room still relatively cheap uh, after you pay him. Then you'll have the other guy on the other side of the ball and the rookie contract and having two very good cornerbacks is one of the, I would say, bigger benefits of uh, team building in the, in the NFL. If you can create a bottleneck with two top 15, top 20 cornerbacks on the same team. It uh, makes it pretty damn hard to do things. I know the Falcons' pass rush has been poor, but guess what? If you have two arguable number one cornerbacks, it's easier to blitz. It's easier to get home. You have more time. It's harder for the team to scheme guys open. So um, regardless, is the, it's the big word. I, and I agree
0: with you. Yeah, that's the that's uh, the big one. That It's the regardless on there. No, not regardless. Don't reach. Is Edge my number one priority for this team? Yes. Yes, it is. That doesn't mean the right guy will be there, though don't reach that's when you start getting in trouble and Jay Anderson he says I am new well welcome in Jay Leon Mapstone I feel like I'd recognize this guy I know right (laughs) (laughs) you look like this guy looks like a lot of fun so welcome to the show Leon appreciate you being here and Kevin in he's coming in as well and uh Mark Schrader our guy from Texas coming on YouTube as well Michael uh coretti coretti over on Facebook Uh, and terry ocean boy martin it has been a while so welcome Mm -hmm. in terry been a while how you doing we are doing good terry appreciate you being in roger cook coming in on youtube we got lots of hellos too so um appreciate y'all coming in so real quick i wrote a i wrote an article uh on friday um when it came in nick you actually sent it to me i'm gonna drop it in the chat real quick um It just said, you know, ESPN analyst Seth Walder rips the Atlanta Falcons offseason moves or transactions. And yeah, it's a little bit of a shock type of headline, but it's pretty well true. Um, You go and check that out. You'll see it says Seth Walder is one of the heads of ESPN Analytics. So he's just he's looking at numbers and he has to trust the numbers that he gets or that he's coming up with or the people that he's working with are coming up with. But he says the Falcons have had a pretty rough season so far, in my opinion. They overpaid for Chris Lindstrom. They brought back McGarry despite past pro struggles. They overpaid David Anyamata. They paid sticker price, which means fair market value, for Bates when safety market was cheap. And they're rolling with Ritter and Heineke instead of uh instead of thus far trying to, to land Lamar Jackson. They've had a pretty rough offseason so far. Ooh. Um Falcons fans are about as jaded as anybody on earth. Do y'all feel it's been a pretty rough off season so far? I think for the most part, without fail, we've been pretty happy with the moves that have been made here in Atlanta, Nick. Um, Just start with the one overpaid. I'll just, we'll just break these down here real quick. One-on-one overpaid for Chris Lindstrom. What say you? He's arguably the
1: best, best, not the most valuable, but the best offensive lineman in football uh, this last season. At uh, right guard, um, there might be some right guards who are right up there with him. You know, Zach Martin always deserves a shout out when you're having that conversation. But at 26 years old, uh, he deserved to get paid. And are you letting a guy like that walk? I mean, it's for the for the culture, for the money that you have. You cannot let Chris Lindstrom go. <laughs> it would be so stupid. So I don't even think that they truly overpaid either. He's He's good and he reset the market. And that's what he was always going to do now. Could you argue that you should never pay that much for a guard? Maybe. And if the Falcons were at a weird cap spot where they couldn't, you know, pay him, maybe there's a conversation to be had, but not even close. You guys had plenty of cap. You have to bring him back. That one I have. um, And, you know, I'm not the biggest proponent of, you know, high resources on the interior offensive line, uh, if possible, and just a general team building rule of thumb, but you, you had to pay him. There's no question about that. That one I took the most exception with.
0: So his, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's uh the the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. He's homegrown, meaning you drafted him. And he, uh, did I mention he was phenomenal? And here's the thing. His, his, his contract doesn't kick in until next year. So he's played on his fifth year option, which is about 13, it's 13.7, which puts him fifth in the NFL amongst guards right now. Next year, when his raise kicks in, he actually right now, would be the sixth highest paid guard. You do, you do you feel like you're overpaying if you're paying the number six money for this offensive guard? Do you feel like you're overpaying or do you feel like you're getting value for Chris Lindstrom? Come on. Uh, he's the number one guard in the NFL. Maybe the number one offensive lineman in the NFL. And according to PFF, he's the number one player in the NFL by like two points. Uh, come on. The... The one I probably have the biggest problem with, honestly, is McGarry is this McGarry Dalton Reisner thing. You know, we do Broncos. You see that the Broncos thing in the background and ESPN analytics. They do this thing called, you know, win rates. And it looks like that's a that looks like an objective measure. A win rate Well, wins and losses. That's easy to figure out. The problem is there's somebody deciding it's more like boxing or figure skating. Where there's judges out there deciding who has wins or losses. And these guys said Dalton Reiser was a top 10 run-blocking guard in the NFL last year. And Caleb McGarry was one of the worst run-blocking guards in the NFL last or, or linemen. In the NFL last year. Dude. If your system is spitting out that data. That Dalton Reisner is top 10 and McGarry is one of the worst. Your system is broken. It's broken. Now, I know there's facts and there's opinions. This is a fact. (laughs) Just watch the damn games, man. Dalton Reiser's been getting killed in the middle of that Broncos offense for two years. Top 10. And McGarry, he's got his faults. At least this time he mentions brought back McGarry despite his past pro struggles. Okay. Okay. But this is the same system that's rating him one of the worst run-blocking players in the NFL. (laughs) Come on. That's just... That's bunk. And then, Nick, I still think they got him at a good price.
1: Especially with what the tackle market is. I mean, to see what Jawan Taylor and uh, Mike McGlinchey got paid. The Broncos, by a lot of these people, are getting killed uh, for the Mike McGlinchey contract, but uh, that's a completely different conversation. But uh, yeah, I think that it was a fine deal. It's you're not overcommitted to him, and he fits the scheme pretty well. Um, you are Seth is correct in saying that the pass reps are a question mark for him, and that was always the case, but that's why you got him significantly cheaper uh, than most of the tackles that went off the board there. So, and you know, he fits the scheme. I mean, how often are you going to actually have to be in those pass uh, drop situations? I mean, eventually you want to be a team that can do that more so than they did last season, uh, but you're not paying premium money for him at right tackle. You're paying fine, uh, just okay money for whatever a, a second contract, former first round pick right tackles getting. So
0: I think it's a, that's a, that's a fine deal. Jesse Bates is a 25 year old safety last year, played on a franchise tag at $13 million. He got 16 to change teams. That's not exactly, and you know, was played well, you know, and, and earned it. That's not exactly, uh, I, I think I put eye watering or eye popping number too. He was on 13 last year, he's 26 years old. You're gonna get a raise to change teams. That one doesn't bother me. And, and you know, the thing about this, you never once said that these guys weren't any good. Just that they overpaid. Well, guess what? The Atlanta Falcons still have the eighth most salary cap available. What's the problem again, Nick? Oh, the problem is, is we've been saying that they should go after Lamar Jackson. And so far, we can't tell that they have or haven't. That they're not making a move. That's the problem. And now we're upset about it. So that one, again, I might be biased. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. I'm not wrong about this. Now, That said, moving forward towards draft kings, what I'm not wrong about is on paper, these moves have been good. If your biggest problem is that they overspent a little bit, they still have a ton of money. Who cares? Mm. It doesn't matter if they overpaid a little bit. And I'd argue that they probably didn't for the most part, especially when you look at what they can do on the offensive line next year with Jake Matthews contract dropping $10 million off and Chris Lindstrom's raise hasn't even kicked in yet. They, they can, they can, they're going to be cap neutral next year when Lindstrom's race kicks in because of what happens with Matthews' contract. Okay. They've done a good job on paper, a good job on paper. Now, DraftKings set the over under last year at four and a half wins, which I actually thought was pretty aggressive. I think I had them maybe two and 15 last season. Because of Eli Wilkinson at left guard playing so well, and because of, uh, Kayla McGarry taking a huge step up last year and Taquan Graham taking a huge step up last year. They helped fix some of the biggest problems I thought in the team last year were in the trenches. Not fix, but improve. Improve some of the biggest problems. They went from where I thought they were going to get two wins to where they earned seven. DraftKings this year has them at seven and a half. So have they improved? You know, or or if you're looking at the that that what DraftKings says. If I'm now looking at Seth, well, Seth says these moves haven't done him any good. DraftKings were saying they haven't really been doing him any good either. If you want to be, if you want to take a look where the money is, which is still about perception, and mm-hmm. where do you think the perception on this team is lacking, Nick?
1: It's quarterback. I mean, not to be, not to crap on Desmond Ritter. It seems like I'm a hater because I'm always like, well, he's unproven. He is unproven. You know, you had some good flashes last season, but maybe this is me being bitten by the, Oh, Drew Lockett went three and one down the stretch or whatever the heck it was with the Broncos and looked okay. There's hope for him. Well, he was a second round pick and things kind of fell apart. And it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that he wasn't the guy not saying that Desmond Ritter can't be the guy, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's a complete, uh, highly relative unknown right now. Uh, you just don't know exactly what you're gonna get. And you added Taylor Heineke there. I don't think he he raises the floor of the room some, but he doesn't like add to the win total. He adds to the win total if you lose Desmond Ritter for uh stretches of the game. So I think the biggest thing is just there's not trust in Desmond Ritter. And honestly, to, to push back a little bit, why would there be? We just don't know yet. Um, this season's gonna be a big evaluation year for him. He could end up being the next Dak Prescott, you know, going, um, third fourth round uh could be very good uh smart player with and also seems like a great hard working dude as well but until we know about more about desmond ritter i think this six and a half to eight and a half win range is probably where a lot of people are going to peg the falcons
0: yeah i uh i'm okay with that i'm i'm more okay with the seven and a half win total than i am about walder complaining about the moves they made on paper Mm -hmm. these have been good moves they have been now is this team was this team were there was there a roster so bad that saying okay on paper we think from four wins to seven and a half wins is fair okay yeah probably you know that said i think that the system the culture i think arthur smith and his staff are good got a new defensive uh defensive coordinator coming in i think i think dean peace did a remarkable job with the complete lack of talent they had out there last year on not complete but you know there's probably seven guys that are backup level at best that were regularly playing on the defense on the defense last year starters so I think seven and a half I'm okay with that I'd take the over right now I really would but you're right because Desmond Ritter when the preseason starting quarterback rankings come out there's going to be a three in front of Desmond Ritter's name and it's not going to be number three it's going to be 30 31 or 32 Mm. when he comes out and it's up to him and it's up to the Falcons it's not where you start it's where you finish and frankly these these things don't matter anyway a 30 second ranking for Desmond Ritter is not going to win him a game or lose him a game it's going to be how he ends up taking advantage of his of his uh opportunity and playing but until he does that's the big question mark on this team I'm okay with that I am I'm, I'm I'm better off with the seven and a half okay I think they'll be better than the seven they had last year, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's fair. I I do. And it's, it's really about where the money is. So let me jump back into the chat real quick. Um, before we hop into and do a speed mock draft, we're going to go through and hit it real quick and we'll make some comments, but we'll try and do it in about 10 minutes. But Terry says, I like the moves outside of the loss of Isaiah Oliver. And they, they replace him with Mike Hughes. We'll see how that goes. And Mike Mm -hmm. may stay on the outside and then you slide Hayward into the, into a nickel. That's that's possible. That's a pretty good fivesome in the back with Richie Grant and Jesse Bates in there too. Um, And he says the media is mad at the Falcons for rejecting Lamar. Yeah, and maybe they haven't. Maybe they don't. Maybe they did try and go after him. I don't know. But I don't want to tie my team to one player right now. There's there's too many holes. You know, like I said, it's like oh, they overpaid for this guy, they overpaid for this guy, they overpaid for this guy. You know why you can do that? Because you got about eight million in your quarterback room right now. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even sign any of those guys if you had fifty million still in there. Um, Zach says Lindstrom is is good, but Trent Williams is uh, is number one OL by far. And we're talking value guard versus uh, guard versus tackle as far as what each of them does. They're both really good. It's it's one of those that I wouldn't argue with you. If he's I think I think guard is a better tackle than Trent is a is is a I think I think Lindstrom is a better guard than Trent as a tackle or whatever. I, I wouldn't argue with that. He's really good. They're both really good. Kayler Bryce says, Morning, guys. Another wet, nasty Monday. But Gonzalez only had four picks in his college career. I think he's a bust. We have to go D line or trade back. I'm okay going D line or trading back, assuming the the price is right. Um, but you don't throw at college corners. Um, I think interceptions really is more of a safety type of, of, of stats. And I watch for, you know, how many yards were completed against that person as opposed to interceptions. Who's the, who's the kid in Dallas that gets a ton of interceptions, but gives up 4,000 yards digs on digs. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that to me is a better metric, Nick, than the interceptions. I don't want, especially in college. There's, I promise you, there's nobody on the other side in college that's as good as as uh Gonzalez at Oregon, I'm throwing it that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing about Gonzalez is that he started his career at uh, Colorado and that was obviously a dumpster fire for a long time. Sorry. Any Buffs fans out there, but the, before Dion, that was a joke of a program. And uh then he transferred to Oregon. And I think he had three interceptions this past year at a more competent team surrounded by more talent and on both sides of the ball. So I wouldn't, um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd look too much into that personally, Uh, but no, who knows? Uh, We'll see how it plays out. That's something that uh, on tape, it looks like he can find the ball pretty well uh, looking at him, make plays in the ball. So I think that interceptions is probably a little bit more fluky. I'd be looking at uh, pass deflections in there as well. And I think he was okay in that regard. Uh, But uh, if that's how you want to dichotomize him, uh, that's, that's fine. We'll see how it plays out.
0: Anonymous reviewer coming in green with a super chat. Thank you, sir. That definitely feels like a new name. So appreciate you coming in because Connor Orr's Sports Illustrated uh, power rankings put the Falcons at 22 with our strength of schedule. That would put the Atlanta Falcons at 12 and five. Yeah, you never know Um, if you can if you can be the best team in your division, you can get six wins, you know, Mm -hmm. right there. If if they can take care of this. Now, that's not going to happen. I don't remember the last time somebody ran ran the division. It's very rare. Brady might have done it with his big season in Tampa, but I doubt it. But even four and two would be really good and then you got 11 games left you go 500 in there you're sitting at 10 and 7. I think 10 and 7 right now is kind of a mark for me and, and if the Falcons win 7 games again there's going to be some job changes. Mm-hmm. Uh it might not cost Arthur Smith his job but you'll be looking for a new quarterback. I have a feeling. Um you may decide that some of the older veterans are finished and make a change. You may move on but there's there's going to be some there's been big changes and additions. There's going to be some big changes again if there's only seven wins on this team. That I promise you. And thanks for coming in green, my friend. It's a it's a huge help to the show. Yeah, it really is.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, supporting the show, I mean, can't thank you enough.
0: Yep. So we've got about six minutes or so. Let's burn through this thing. And let's get a mock draft in since we, we promised we were going to do it. We're going to go over to PFF here. PFF, mock draft simulator. And I'm going to share my screen. Present, share screen, entire screen. Let's go over here. And anonymous reviewer, thank you. I'm going to take you off the screen. Much love. And we're going to pick the Falcons. We're going to go quick seven rounds. We're going to increase positional value. And we are going to zoom in a little bit. And we are going to zoom in again. And we're going to start it. So right off the bat, Christian Gonzalez goes at six. Jalen Carter's gone at five. Will Anderson, you know who is sitting there for us, though, that is still on the board, Nick? Tyree Wilson. Tyree that's, Wilson. Yeah, that's the move. There you go. That's the move. Uh, he's a highly ranked edge. Um, I, I I don't want the second corner. I, I For me, it's Tyree Wilson. Again, mm-hmm. this isn't the regardless move. This is the right guy is there. I like him better than Devon Witherspoon, period, and probably better than Christian Gonzalez, in the spot, if Tyree Wilson is there, I'm taking Tyree Wilson.
1: Yeah. So. Absolutely. Good pick. Uh, he's gonna add massive size to you guys. I don't think he's an absolutely elite pass rusher, but he's a physical freak athlete there who um is going to help you. You can play, you know, four, two, five, four, one, six defense on the outside, uh, and you're gonna be able to set the edge there with the best of them because he is a strength and
0: elite uh, length monster. I tell you what, the Bijan Robinson at eight stuff is picking up steam. Not me. I'm not taking him at eight. Uh, you've got enough production. Production at running back isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system's set up well that good running backs. You've got Tyler Algier. you got Cordero Patterson. I can go get another guy later in the draft. Tajay Spears could be available uh, later. There's lots of guys I can get that I don't want to use my number eight at running back no matter how good he is. Um, What's because D. Loss at the same thing, uh, Bijan at eight. It'd be exciting. It would yeah. be he he'd be used, but again, you're you're taking carries away from guys you've already got, and and Tyler Algeo is pretty damn good. I'm I'm going I'm going Ed. If Tyree Wilson's there at edge, and if Jalen Carter's there at defensive tackle, Christian Gonzalez. I'm I'm staying on the defense, y'all. I promise you that. Real quick, uh, um, I pick. know we,
1: we still have to pick here, but uh, just real quick on this uh, Bijan Robinson thing. If you trade down to, say, pick 20, you know, pick 18, uh, then I think we can have a
0: conversation. Mm-hmm. But
1: where you're at right now,
0: not for me. Um, you know, I mean, here. Here's Jameer Gibbs sitting here if I wanted a running back. What I do know I need right now, and because I don't want to hear anybody say the word Dalton Reisner again, I might short my left guard position, too. Wouldn't be a bad pick out of TCU. I could, He's a plug-and-play starter right there uh, in, yeah. a, in a place I need for a player I like. Um, let's say I might go, uh, you know, I might be in real interested in Jameer Gibbs, but I'd be pretty darn happy right now with left guard with Steve Avia.
1: Yeah. Who's the top of the list here. Okay. You already have the, uh, you know, probably not taking Tanner McKee. You just took an edge. Henley's a really interesting player. I think he played wide receiver at Nevada and then, uh,
0: transferred to Washington state and moved to linebacker. And he's been pretty good there. I know I like you've been tank, but I feel like I can do better. I can do good later. Yeah. And Jason L comes and he says, I like tanks. So do I, I like tank there, but I, I can, I think mean, I can get wide receiver, good value at wide receiver later. I've seen that happen before. I, I want to shore up my left guard position here and go and go Steve Avila. And when I write it oh, up, I'm going because I don't want to hear about Dalton Reisner. <laughs> that sounds
1: good. The one I would maybe push back on would be Tyreek Stevenson. Who's been a pretty good cornerback at Miami, but uh, that's, that's tank okay. Still there at 75. Yeah. I mean, that's, you need another wide receiver. He makes have a heck of a lot of sense for you guys there. Um, you still have a couple good running back. This is the area where I would personally start be looking running back as well. Uh, granted, because it's the PFF simulator, we might be able to cheat it a little bit. <laughs> I'd rather have I'd rather have Tank than Tank. Yeah, Tank Bigsby is really uh, awesome uh, uh, prospect here. Uh, Dwayne McBride, if you're looking for a, he fumbled the ball a heck of a lot, but I mean he runs so tough. At, you
0: know, you look at the 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 basketball court that you know. F- that they're bringing out there, including Matt Collins, Matt Collins, who they just signed at 6'4", 220 pounds. That I just I like the, the especially here. Come on, yeah. I'm, I'm taking Tank. Yep. Daniel Dell is a light, as a small, quick jitterbug wide receiver that brings a skill set completely different than what the Falcons currently have. Yeah. Dwayne on McBride, the mean- KJ Henry, Edge, Parker Washington. There, pff, you need your running back. I think Tajay Spears is the, the guy to go to
1: here. I mean, he has the <laughs> knee injury, uh, but I think he's a better player than a Dwayne McBride. I think he's got more pass game ability and better uh, ball protection. Dwayne McBride scares the hell out of me. He fumbled the
0: ball what nine times Tajay in two Spears years. Can fly, he can yeah. fly. He's a he's a. You can get tired trying to chase this guy in the first half and then bring in Algier in the second half, or vice versa. You can get beat up trying to tackle Tyler Algier in the first half, and then Tajay can run run by you in the second half. There were some really interesting wide receivers
1: still available too. just something to think about in the future. Um, a few picks before you took Tajay Spears there,
0: your guy Mingo, uh, had just come off the board. So he uh, I might love be... Jonathan Mingo. I love him. Jonathan Mingo is going to be Cordell Patterson, except he's going to be that in his first, second, third years, instead of his last three years. He's so he's, he was still there. Um I mean, you had Parker
1: Washington still on the board and the guy who's getting a lot of steam right now is Jaden Reed. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, this is a, still an interesting board here, uh, no doubt. Uh, you still have some freak
0: uh, tight ends there. There's your... usually available down here. Who's a cheat code? Is Yaya Diaby inside outside at 285 pounds? Did he weigh that much? I thought he was like 260. I think he was 280. Was okay. he? Too, or he was. Too, he was at least okay. Maybe he wasn't quite that heavy. Maybe he was 265. I think he was 265. Okay, but I here. Let me see NFL Combine results. Oh, that's like all the way down to my nine most recent. It's been a while. Was he Edge? Listed as Edge? Yes. Edge Louisville. He was 263. Okay, 6'3", 263, 451 on the 40, 37-inch vertical, 10-foot broad jump. I want to sneak Yaya in there. They don't like him. I do. Yeah. Uh, I know how much you guys love the tight ends and freak
1: athletes there. Uh, Is there any uh draw to Zach Koontz. I know that you brought in Jonah Smith, but Zach Koontz tested like an absolute freak. We're talking about the fourth round here. This is where a guy like this, I think would come off the board. I mean, he tested unbelievably was Palmer there was Trey Palmer still on the board. Did I pass him or was that one late? He might he's still been... be there. He might be uh, further
0: down or he might be gone. Yeah, he may have gone. I think he's probably already off. The yeah, board, he, have, he may have gone. That's a good, that's a good shout too. Dre Palmer did come in for a visit. Um, Cause just we're, cause we we're at 35 talking about it. already, just... Nick. We got to go. Yeah. So this is going to be a four-round mock draft. <laughs> we can just take Yaya. Just do it. That's I'm going to take Yaya. Yaya. Yeah. I, I love Yaya Diaby, but we've got to get out of here, y'all. Um, We've got to go over to, uh, to Mile High Huddle. It's supposed to start at 930. <laughs> oh, we can keep it going. Let's
1: see. We're still on the board here. Uh, Ronnie Hickman makes some sense. You're looking for a backup quarterback. He uh, already took um, John Tevai. makes some sense, too. Just um, say a name, and I'll go. Okay. Uh, let's go with. uh, Let's just add to the secondary special teams ability. Let's go, Ronnie Hickman, Ohio State. Uh, you know you, you already brought in a, a safety, but guess what? Richie Grant. You know now maybe he gets hurt. We're,
0: we're we're back into the seventh here, so just names. I like Eric Gray. Hell, Stetson Bennett. Bennett. How about him to bring him in? Is that too big of a distraction? Nah, I don't think
1: so. Back to back here, also, so you got two picks. We're taking Stetson, and then now we're picking again.
0: Let's scroll down. My. Um, my gut goes, I think I took DJ Dale as a big body. He's a 300 pounder in the middle of a defense. I think I've taken him before.
1: Let's go. Elijah Higgins. Um, he's a guy, I think he's going to be moved to tight end. Uh, he's more of a wide receiver, tight end body. And, uh, oh man, how many f- seventh round picks did these Falcons have? have three. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> and the last one here, I mean, we just took a tight end body type. Dale went out. He's gone. That's okay. Um, The one that I'm leaning towards here is uh, D Winters. Um, played pretty damn well there. Not the exact body type for TCU, but very productive. There we go. And Brennan's um, saying we don't need a tight end. We have Pitts and Janu. You are the number one team and our number two team in uh, 12 personnel last season in the yeah, entire NFL. And,
0: might Janu three. might only be there a year. So, you know, you, you need three tight ends, especially when we're talking fourth round, fifth round there. You mm-hmm. need good players. And if you can get a really good player at that point, uh, you're in pretty good shape. But Tyree Wilson, Steve Avia, Tank Dell, Tajay Spears, Yaya Diaby, Ronnie Hickman. You can see the senior bowl bias here. Um, Stetson Bennett, backup quarterback in the seventh, Elijah Higgins, D. Winters, great A. I'd be pretty happy with that for the Atlanta Falcons. And you know who I've been happy with is I've been really happy with you all today. Thank you so much for coming in. It has been a super fast chat. Anonymous reviewer coming in with the stars. Michael Rant, or with the super chat, uh, and Michael Keo kicking us off hot uh, this morning with $50. Thank you so much, y'all. Listen, we'll be back. We're heading over to Mile Huddle to keep the party going if you want to join mm-hmm. us over there right now. And otherwise, we'll be back here at 9 o'clock on Wednesday for Coast to Coast Football. We'll be talking some more Falcons, Broncos, Bears, Texans, you name it. We'll be talking all of it. We're getting into the draft, reviewing free agency, all of those things. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, until next time, we'll see you Wednesday.